And there he goes. Coast to coast. Can he make it? Yes, he can. Welcome to the Action Network studio in New York City. I'm Maria Marino, and this is Green Dot Daily. You can find us every weekday at 3 Eastern or on demand on the Action app and the Action YouTube channel. NFL win totals were recently released, so we're going to have Chad Millman and Simon Hunter give their takes on those. They're also kind of excited about baseball, so we might get an MLB pick or two from those guys. We're also going to have Stucky join to talk some college hoops, preview the men's Final Four. Maybe I can even get him uh, to give me a thought on the women's tournament as well. But we start in the NBA and what you need to know. With a win tonight, the Kings would clinch a playoff berth and home court advantage in the first round. The Kings haven't made the playoffs since 2006, the longest ever NBA playoff drought and longest active of the four major sports. Every win matters at this point for the Mavericks, who are currently just outside the playoff picture. They're 7-9 and nine with Kyrie Irving in the lineup. But face the 76ers, who have lost three straight, and Joel Embiid is questionable to play. Reports say Kevin Durant will make his return tonight for the Suns against the Timberwolves. KD missed his last 10 games with a sprained ankle. The Suns are fourth in the West, while the T-Wolves are seventh, but just one and a half games back. So with that, Chris Raybon joins us. And uh, Raybon, that, that last note about Kevin Durant leads us pretty nicely into your first pick this evening. What do you think about that, uh, that T-Wolves-Suns matchup? Maria, I like the Minnesota Timberwolves in this game. I'm going to go with them in the first half, uh, plus two and a half at the Suns. Minnesota has been uh, playing a lot better as of late. We know that they got Cat back. Uh, they're finally healthy, and I think there's not too much separation between these two teams, as you alluded to with that game and a half. And this is just a Minnesota spot. You look at them on the road, 24 and 14 against the spread in the first half. They've covered in eight of their last nine first halves on the road. And remember, Phoenix, they've only played three games with KD. Uh, they won all three, but they trailed in the first half in two of those three games. And given that KD hasn't played in a minute, and last time he was out there, he was slipping and sliding, I think he might have to knock, you know, knock some rust off uh, and uh, kind of get back to it. So uh, I like Minnesota to keep this close. They could potentially pull the upset here, but uh, I'm going with them in the first half, plus two and a half. It makes a lot of sense. I'm curious what Durant is going to look like out on the floor with them. And by the way, I noticed that your background is a little more neutral. Is that why you had to go a little bold with the hat today? <laughs> <laughs> not even, not even. Background's in transition, so we'll, we'll see what I come up with. But uh, nah, just how to, how to you know bring back the Von Dutch, you know, yes. shout out to 2003. <laughs> I, I see that while well, you pull it off. All right, another important game tonight. Knicks hosting the Heat. You think the home team takes care of business? Yeah, and this is another one. I, I think the Knicks come out hot early. Uh, this has been a team that starts hot all year uh, under Tom Thibodeau. They're 26 and 11 against the spread in the first half at home. They are 18 and 8 against the spread in the first half as a home favorite. And Miami. They've really been stumbling out the gate as of late, which you don't necessarily expect with such a, a well-coached team. But, you know, Miami's kind of been 
uh, up and down here, especially when it comes to, to profitability as, you know, people that have been betting on them all year know, but they're just seven and 17 against the spread uh, in the first half since February 1st. Looks like Jalen Brunson will play. Uh, that's according to Mike Breen. And remember, Brunson's averaging over 12 points a game on 50% shooting in the first half. So, you know, last game they did not cover without him in the first half, but I think they come out hot. Uh, against this Miami Heat team uh, who is coming, you know, to the Garden. So uh, I like the Knicks to uh, to start hot, keep the crowd in it, uh, and I'm um, going with them minus two and a half first half against the Heat. Brunson is a game changer for the Knicks when healthy. I'm a little surprised by the Heat this season as a whole. I, I'm sure um, I'm not alone in that sentiment. Do you agree? Yeah, the, I mean, the Heat, it's just been a weird year for the Heat, you know yeah. I mean? And so, especially betting-wise, I mean, they have some of the worst against the spread splits in, mm-hmm. in just a ton of different situations. So, you know, hopefully they hold up for these next, uh, yeah, at least tonight, because uh, we're yeah. going with NY. Yeah, big, big one tonight. Okay, how about some overall trends that we should pay attention to, even if they're not official picks of yours? Yeah, there's some interesting ones tonight. You know, we got a pretty full slate. So the Sacramento Kings are 13 and a half point favorites at Portland. Portland has shut down Dane for the season. They've been getting blown out uh, in most of their games as of late. And the Kings 18 and 11 against the spread after a loss. That is second best in the NBA behind the Milwaukee Bucks, which, uh, as we know, have been a covering machine in a lot of spots. And uh, speaking of the Bucks, they're minus 11 and a half at indiana but a big favorite another trend in their favor 16 7 and 2 against the spread as a road favorite this season is milwaukee 12 1 and 1 against the spread in their last 14 as a road favorite so they've only failed to cover once in their last 14 as a road favorite and it was last game so i think milwaukee rebounds and then the thunder i know they're playing the pistons but man their games go over two th- over two thirds at a time when they are at home. Their home o- overs are 25 and 13, 68 percent this year, seven and one over the last eight games. So just because it's the Pistons, don't sleep on some points <laughs> being scored uh, in this Thunder Pistons matchup. You heard him. Don't sleep. I thought the uh, those Milwaukee numbers are super telling. I mean, that says a lot about them. And then the Kings, you know, finally, hopefully they can finally clinch that that playoff berth because it hasn't gone their way the last few days and i mean portland it just seems like the prime opportunity raybon hey it was great seeing you over the weekend at the march madness watch party that was a good time oh likewise likewise <laughs> absolutely yes all right we won't we won't uh, talk anymore about that shout party. out to everybody that came by the way yeah it was a, it was a good turn i was a little loud in there um, <laughs> not, but, not a problem for me. As you yes. Know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're loud enough to, you know, to carry over. All right, Raybon, I'll let you go. Thanks for uh, joining right. Green Dot Daily. Always a pleasure, Maria. Over to College Hoops. Conference USA is representing across the men's tournaments. Charlotte already won the College Basketball Invitational last week. The NIT will feature in all Conference USA finals on Thursday. And of course, FAU is playing in the Final Four on Saturday. So with that, we welcome in Stucky. Stucky, you're another one I met for the first time over the weekend. Saw you at the March Madness watch party. It was a good time. Uh, looking ahead, though, you are in on FAU. Yeah, 
How's it going, Maria? The same thing we did, we're doing at the watch party, everyone. <laughs> we were all betting on FAU. I rode them all last weekend as an underdog, doing it again here. This team is real. No one wants to give them enough respect, but just look at some of their analytical ratings. Just watch them. Or look at the conference they're in. You know, the Conference USA, if FAU could win two games, it's going to be tough. They're going to have the CBI, the NIT, and the NCAA champion, which is insane. They are 17-1 and combined in the postseason. This team is legit. I have them top 20 in my, in my power ratings. They don't really have a glaring weakness. So I like them catching the points here in a game that I make yeah, basically a coin flip. Mm -hmm. I think that they can score enough points here against San Diego State. They can spread San Diego State out. They've also shown that they can handle physicality, which is a problem when you play San Diego State. They're going to come at you. They were relentless ball pressure. They're, they close out so well. But look how FAU handled Tennessee, how they handled Memphis, super athletic teams. This FAU team is deep, mm -hmm. and they play with usually four guys on the court who can shoot. That's what you need to do against San Diego State. And look, I'm not sleeping on the Aztecs either. All credit to them. Mm. They just beat Alabama and Creighton with Matt Bradley, their leading scorer, basically doing nothing. But it helped that both of those teams shot 11% combined for three. Mm. And in the tournament, the San Diego State opponents are shooting 17% from three. I think but 16 of 94. Mm. I mean, look, San Diego State holds opponents to about 27, 28%. That's second in the nation, only behind Tennessee, who, by the way, FAU beat. That's just not sustainable. And by the way, FAU, who is the best three-point shooting team at San Diego State, will face this tournament, top 50 in three-point rate, three-point percentage. They have multiple guys. San Diego State's Brian Dutcher, their head coach, great game planner. You can't rely on one or two guys. FAU has multiple guys who can share the ball, deal with the physicality, and make threes. There's some shooting regression looming here. I think the weakest unit on the court by far is the San Diego State offense. I think it's eventually going to catch up to them. I think FAU goes to the final. Mm -hmm. Similar to, look, everyone's saying this is a crazy, crazy Final Four. 2011, also in Houston, also had two mid-majors in the Final Four. No one seeds, no two seeds. And for what it's worth, UConn beat a mid-major in Butler in that final could be headed for the same here if it's UConn FAU on Monday night. It could be headed for a little deja vu. And uh, it seems like what you're saying is for FAU, if they can shoot the three ball well, which they've shown they have, then San Diego State probably won't have enough offense to keep up with them. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. And I, I can visualize it right now. You talked about this, how you were over the weekend rooting for FAU when when your bets getting close to hit and you start slamming the table right you start doing the little <laughs> you know getting excited for uh for that to happen so I can just picture it now how about a uh, prop though uh looking ahead to this weekend yeah to the other game I, I do think UConn wins I make them about a seven point favorite would lean that way not enough to bet it this Miami team, look, all they do is cover, by the way. They're 25-9 and nine against the spread, second most profitable team in the country. They're 18-3 and three against the spread as either an underdog or a favorite of less than six points. I, I, they defy logic, and I'm missing something with them. In one of those games, they lost one of their best players in the first minute against Duke. So I do think UConn is going to win. I think that Miami defense, it, it's finally going to catch up to them. I mean, maybe they drop 90-95 again. But I think UConn advances – but I do like a prop here. Nigel Pack under 14 and a half points. 
I think this is too high. I think this should be closer to 12, 12 and a half. He's going to struggle with the length of UConn, and his scoring is very dependent on his three-point shooting. In 61% of his games this year, he's had he's made fewer than three threes, and in those games, he's only averaged 10 points per game, median of nine. Well, he's going up against a UConn defense that ranks top 15 in the country in three-point rate allowed and three-point percentage allowed. They're not going to have to help inside. I think he's going to be bothered by this length. I don't expect him to get a bunch of open looks from the perimeter. And if he's not making threes, he's really struggling to score and clear this total. And look, I think UConn wins, so that's less of a probability of free points at the end of the game from the charity stripe. So I like this under 14 and a half. I think it's a tad too high. Spoke with our prop extraordinaire, Nick Giffen, who also agreed and I think is right around 12 and a half as well. Oh, well, if Nick Giffen agrees, then uh, you know it's for real. But um, what you're saying about the length of UConn, that makes makes total sense. Uh, I don't know that he's seen that uh, that size and, and had to you know shoot against that. Before I let you go, I saw, you know, over the weekend when we met, you, you got a little action on, on the women's tourney. I was just curious if you had any thoughts, whether it be who you think is going to win it all, if you have any thoughts on the games tomorrow. It doesn't have to be a formal pick. Just curious. Yeah, I mean, for what I've seen, I'm, not, I'm far from an expert. It just looks like South Carolina is, is too good. They just have so they just have so much depth. Mm. Um, and they have so many good players, and they're so tight. And they just rebound everything. It's like, you know, they have an off-shooting night. They're just going to get every single rebound. The thing that sealed it for me is when they beat Maryland. Now, granted, I think there was some questionable officiating that <laughs> <agree>. benefited, uh, <laughs> that went against Maryland. But yeah. Maryland scored 75 points, shot 50% from three, 50% from the field. I think if you go back over the past couple of years, men's or women's, like teams that do that win like 97% of their games or something, and they still won by double digits. So I think if South, look, I, I can't wait to see if uh, Caitlin Clark can go for 40 plus. Um, <laughs> I think that's what it's going to take. Yeah. Just an absolute extraordinary performance, which if anyone's going to do it, it's her. Um, but I'm sure South Carolina knows that it's taken it personally. And if there's any team that has just, a lot of bodies that can, physical bodies that can throw at Caitlin Clark at South Carolina. So I, I can't wait to see if, if Clark can do it. Yeah. Um, but if South Carolina can get by that test, I think they're going to win it all. I think yeah. they're just, they have too much class, but uh, it's nice to see just, just like the men's side, a lot of chaos yep. speaks to kind of the depth of the talent pool. You know, it's the first time what in 20 plus years where there's two one seeds that were out by the sweet 16 on the right, women's side so right i think both uh both of these brackets are i i think look at them as positives and the ratings have agreed on both sides definitely and i you make all great points about the the south carolina iowa matchup last i checked south carolina was favored by double digits i am yeah, curious 11, if, 11 and 11 and a half yeah I, I am curious if iowa can keep it kind of close they would need caitlin clark to go off but they have been the number one offensive team. They just haven't seen, to your point, a team as big and as deep as South Carolina. But as far as value is concerned, it's really interesting. I, I last saw Iowa at plus 900 to win it all. So, like, just for, like, a, you know, put put a, a little bit on there. Yeah, a little, a little spr sprinkle. I might do that just, be, just for the sheer value of it. Um, but definitely going to be uh, – 
an exciting weekend in both the men's and women's tournaments. Sucky, yeah, really no, I'm appreciate throwing, I'm gonna th I'm gonna throw a little one plus eleven and, and Clark. Uh, I don't right? know if it's a good bet or not. I don't know enough, but I'm gonna have fun betting it. So I'll throw a couple. That was of my on that. that was my gut instinct. Um, so we'll we'll see. It's just that these teams are so opposite, like polar opposite in their styles. So it's a little yep. hard to predict, but. You know, 11, 11, 12 points. That's a lot of points. So yeah. why not? But Go anyway, thanks again for uh, for jumping on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a good one. Green Dot Daily is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL win totals for the upcoming season have been released. Here are the numbers for some notable teams. The Chiefs are tied with the Bengals and 49ers for the highest total at 11 and a half. The Texans are tied with the Cardinals for the lowest at five and a half. Here to give some early leans on these NFL win totals are Chad Millman and Simon Hunter of the Favorites Pod here on Action Network. So, Chad, you host a show called Convince Me. We're not going to do it quite like that, but I feel like I just want you guys to, to give your arguments a little bit for some of the totals that you like going into the season. Why don't we, uh, why don't we start with you? All right. So number one, and I think, I, I think Maria, you're really going to like this one. Okay. The Pittsburgh Steelers over eight and a half wins. And you might think to yourself, Oh my gosh, why would I choose the Steelers when they've got a second year quarterback who hasn't even played a full season in Kenny Pickett? Why would I pick the Steelers when they're not the best team in that division? They might not even be the second best team in that division. They might not even be the team that most people think has the best opportunity to exceed its ceiling in that division. I'm of course talking about the Bengals, Ravens, and the Browns. But here's what I would say about the Steelers. Mike Tomlin has not gone under 500 in a season in 16 <laughs> straight seasons. The guy can win with a quarterback named Duck. He can win with a quarterback who can barely stand. The guy's a winner. So give me Mike Tomlin. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers over eight and a half wins. In Mike Tomlin, we trust. Simon, do you have a quick thought on that before you give me one of your totals? Yeah, me and Chad hit that last year. We were all over the Pittsburgh. I'm staying away from this year. That's a fishy, fishy line. So that's one of those I haven't touched yet, but I completely get where Chad's coming from. Tomlin doesn't go under 500. He just, in his career, has not done it. So uh, Chad's playing a pretty simple, smart. He's just back in Tomlin with a good defense. <laughs> I feel like Simon is giving me a backhanded compliment. <laughs> I am, I am. Smart. And when Simon, just so we're clear, as a translator, when Simon says fishy, he's like, that guy's a sucker. And that, <laughs> that stinks. Carry on, Simon. All right, so Simon, you were trying to be nice, but what do you got for your first favorite win total so far? So I love the Vegas under seven and a half. It's, it's already up to minus 150 at a lot of books. To me, it's just a bad number. I think they hung it in the sense of, okay, this team here, they're not as bad as public perceives. I think they are. And I think their head coach, he's not that good either. So to me, there's a bunch of red flags with this team. You just go through the fact that, you know, say what you want about Gruden as a head coach. 
he was a horrible drafter. And if you go through the Raiders over the last five years, they're one of the worst drafted teams in all football. They had the least amount of players drafted that start for them. I mean, if you even think about that year, they had three first-round picks, and none of them re-signed that fifth-year option. So the, the Raiders are kind of a, a train wreck, and they were trying to fill it in with the money. So they brought in guys like Devontae Adams last year, and they gave him a little boost with Derek Carr. Now they don't have a Derek Carr. They really don't even have a quarterback. So to me, seven and a half in, in their division, that's just an insane number. I think it's locally you know, juiced up a little bit because it's Vegas's team. So maybe people will be a homer and take the over. I'll just take the value in the under. This, this should be closer to six, five and a half to me. So the fact that I'm getting a game and a half, two games, this is one of the few ones I bet multiple units on early here in uh, March. I find it interesting that you say they, they don't even have a quarterback quote. So, like, you're really not a fan of Jimmy G, huh? No. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I like Jimmy G, the idea of him. Like, when he was, what, what was he, 3-1 and one in New England? And, yeah. oh, well, you know, he got hurt or he was just a, he was a fill-in. Then he went to the 49ers and, yeah, he played well. But if you really dive into it, he's just – a game manager. He had arguably one of the best teams ever put around him in the 49ers for the whole time he was there. So he's, he's literally going from a team that could not miss in the draft to a team that can't hit in the draft. So, uh, yeah, I have, I have zero faith in Jimmy holding up, especially behind that horrible offensive line. So uh, to me, yes, no faith in Jimmy or that team. Okay, so the team around him is not good enough is what you're saying. Chad, what is uh, the next win total that you like? Well, you know, it's funny. I looked in our uh, rundown today where we get to pick our teams and choose what we're going to talk about. And I was surprised that Simon and his list of teams did not have our favorite team in the history of the NFL, (laughs) the Detroit Lions, over nine and a half. The Lions are going to win the NFC North. They're the best team in that division. And I say this as a Bears fan, but the Lions are further ahead than the Bears right now. So I'm looking at a team where I feel like they could get six wins against their divisional opponents, and then they've got to find four more wins out of 11 games. I'm all in on the Lions this year, over nine and a half. Okay, so that leads very nicely into, uh, I think, Simon, your win total that you like, which is the Bears. And we've talked about this a bit on this show, what's going on in that division. I agree. I think the Lions were really onto something last year, and they're definitely something, you know, a team to watch coming into this year. But um, I don't know, Simon, how do you feel about the Lions, and would you take the under considering you like the Bears over? Oh, Chad. Oh, Chad. Um, it's just another classic public mistake. This is when you don't want to be back in the Lions. The Lions, I don't think they've had a win total over 10 since the 1990s. So <laughs> that's that's about 30 years. That's with Stafford. That's with Megatron. That's with, you know, they had good teams, um, especially when they, there was definitely some down years there in the North. I get where Chad's coming from. I think the, the Lions hype, though, is is peaking at this point. So to me... I'll I'll jump on another bandwagon, a team that Chad loves in the Bears, which I think is the team that will win the North. I think they're the best value. And at seven and a half, that's just that's just too low. I think the public is just so negative on them just because they had the first pick overall at this year. They're just they're just not understanding that the the line not the Lions, the Bears had a lot of games where they took they took the gas off, right? They they were really going hard in the first half. If you go back and watch the film, they adjusted second half in a lot of those games where 
you can, I don't want to say they were tanking because no one wants to hear that, but the the Bears head coach was smart. Like that that was a team that they weren't going to make the playoffs, they weren't going to win, and we saw them kind of flip a switch in that second half. Now we have a Bears with a full off season with Justin Fields running that offense. They're adding all the pieces around them, and the win total is still seven and a half. I agree with Chad in the step that the Vikings will take a step back. We know Green Bay will take a step back with Jordan Love. I just don't see Detroit making a huge leap. I think nine and a half, nine wins, that's a good number for that team that, I mean, you can talk to any Detroit fan. This is exactly when they get let down. On the other side, the Bears, I think it's all good. Like, the vibes are good. They're adding the right pieces. It's <laughs> it's a good coaching staff. It seems like this team knows how to draft, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do in the draft. So, to me, I'm grabbing the Bears at seven and a half now because I do think I'll be eight. I think the hype, the Bears fans will come out in large droves as the season gets closer. So that's one of those I'd bet that now just because I do see the, move, the number moving up to eight as the public kind of gets more smarter to this Bears team paying Justin Fields on a rookie contract. They're adding some really strong pieces to this team. Their defense is a light years better than it was last year. And their offensive lines improved and they added DJ Moore. So I just, I love all the moves the Bears are, are making. So this kind of deal where... I get with the public. They're going to love the Lions this offseason. I'll just be on the, the Bears, a team that's, you know, arguably going to play one of the easier schedules in football after they had one of the worst uh, seasons last year. It's just a nice matchup for this Bears team end of the season. And seven and a half, that's, that's a low total for 17 games, and especially in that division. The Bears total is probably going to move up because you just said that. You just put that out into the ether, so – Probably want to get in on that now. And they do need some good vibes. You were talking about you're feeling good vibes. They've only eclipsed their season total once since 2012 per our uh, director of research, Evan Abrams. That was in 2018. So just throwing that out there. Also, I'm curious. I'm getting a little bit more used to the dynamic between the two of you. And, you know, Chad says something. Simon tends to slightly undermine it. I mean, do you guys find (laughs) that you... You disagree a lot? (laughs) Oh, I feel like uh, we generally find consensus. Um, There's always going to be, over the course of a season, especially in the NFL, when we're talking the most on our podcast, there's always like one or two games that we both feel really strongly about that are different. And uh, I I readily admit that last year it happened four times and Simon was right all four of those times. <laughs> In this case, with the Lions, he can say all he wants about the Lions. They've never had Dan Campbell as a head coach. Good point. <laughs> okay, well. They did last year. And they did everything <laughs> we expected them to do, defying all of the odds. <laughs> Uh, Listen, I appreciate the enthusiasm regardless. Before we let you guys go, I've heard, Simon, that you're a sneaky baseball better as well and that you guys will be talking some MLB futures even on the Favorites podcast this week. So why don't we get a couple quick picks from you guys uh, on that front? Simon, any MLB picks that you have for us? Yeah, I love baseball just because the randomness of it. So I try to lean into that. I always try to bet teams that, you know, people just don't think about or are not on the radar. I mean, Phillies, people forget the Phillies last year were 50 to 1 at the start of September to win the World Series. 50 to 1. And that was a team that was most likely going to make the playoffs. So I always tell people, you kind of want to bet these long shots just because once you get in the postseason, weird things can happen. And, you know, we had on yesterday Anthony and Sean Zarillo, and I, I just. 
I like what my guy Anthony was talking about with the Angels. The Angels haven't made the playoffs since 2014. They're 40 to one right now to win the World Series. To me, the Angels are a team that, yes, they're always disappointing, but I like that it's Otani's last year. I like that final push. I like that him and Mike Trout, they both had that taste of success in the baseball classic heading into this season. I like the vibes for this Angels team. So I, I think you talk to most baseball people, the the – the AL is just weaker, it seems like, than the NL this year. So, to me, if I'm looking for a long shot value here, I want to go with the team with the AL, especially a team that has an owner that's willing to spend. So, to me, four to one with the Angels, I like that value heading into the season. Chad, listen, I'm not going to undermine my BFF, <laughs> my companion, my favorite person, Simon Hunter. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to him. But we did have, we did have Anthony uh, Debundo and Sean Zarillo on the favorites pod. It's one of my favorite pods every year because these guys are so good at baseball and uh, I love listening to baseball guys talk about baseball because they get so deep in the weeds. Mm. Uh, uh, Sean Zarillo yesterday mentioned Bubba Thompson, the Rangers center fielder, as uh, a 40 to one long shot to lead the league in stolen bases. I love this idea. Mm. Last year, the league leader in stolen bases, I think, was in the high 30s. Overall, in the majors, it was 41. Um, this guy last year had 18 stolen bases and 170 at-bats in the majors. You can expect him this year to get closer to 400 at-bats. So let's say he doubles that, right? Let's say at 350 at-bats, he's got 36 stolen bases. If the ceiling is in the 40 range, this guy has the speed, and now he's going to have the opportunity to get to that number. 40 to 1, Sean Zarillo says it, I'm buying. <laughs> well, I appreciate that you guys gave credit where it's due there to Zarillo and to Bundo. We will have them on our show soon enough to talk more baseball. But in the meantime, Chad and Simon have this favorites podcast. It's dropping Thursday. They're going to get more into NFL win totals and even a little baseball. Guys, thanks for joining Green Dot Daily. Thank you. In case you missed it earlier on the show, we had some NBA college basketball picks and more. Remember, you can keep track of all of these by following Green Dot Daily in the Action app. Green Dot Daily is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's going to do it for Green Dot Daily. I'm Maria Marino. Thanks so much for hanging with me. I'll see you back here Thursday at 3 Eastern on the Action YouTube channel and the Action app. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.